Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsession will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark out for a while. Hey, it's Jackie Cation. Welcome to the dark forest. You know the websites, JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com, TheDorkForest.com. If you like a determiner, thedorkforest.bandcamp.com is where premium episodes are. All of these episodes are free streaming on iTunes or dorkforest.com. Anyway, let's do the credits. Patrick Brady's going to fix this audio. Mike Rickberg composed and sang that song you just heard. He's going to sing again at the end of the show, his words to the Mexican hat dance. And Vilmos fixes my website, jackiecation.com. Jackiecation.com has everything else besides the dork forest like it has merch if you want merch if you want a t-shirt ranger of the dork forest t-shirt or a dork forest t-shirt or one of my stand-up cds or the spooky reading girl t-shirt for my stand-up you can get it there you can get my dvd there you can watch me do stand-up comedy on some videos you can look at my schedule i'm in los angeles this week doing a bunch of sets and but next i think new year's eve is the next time i go out of town and that is in Minneapolis at Acme Comedy Company, recording my new album. The website is also the home of the Support the Show page. Support the show every other month, not December and November, but every other month I ask that you donate to the Dork Forest. In November and December, I ask that you donate to a local food bank. Find a nice charity. Get somebody a sandwich. You can do it. Google the name of your town and the word food bank, and that will help. So do that. Um, you can support the show by using the Amazon banner, on the support the show page, support the show page, Amazon banner just takes you to Amazon and you order like normal. And then the dork forest gets a little bit of a kickback. doesn't cost you extra. It's just, we get a little bit of a kickback. If you order through that banner, there's a tiny Amazon icon on the front page, or you can use the banner on the support the show page. I have another podcast called Jackie and Lori over at Nerdist, where I uh, bitch about stand up comedy. And this is the dork forest. And I think that's the whole thing this week. Let's get to it. It's a good one. Hey, it's Jackie Cation. I'm in my living room with Bucky Sinister, Hi. San Francisco comic who just moved here. There's a fly in this house. Uh, <laughs> welcome to the program, The Dork Forest. Uh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Sure. It's a, it's at Bucky Sinister on Instagram, but it's at yeah. Bucky underscore Sinister on Twitter. Yes. Got it. And... um it looks like you enjoy now we I you know I always send the pre-production I always send it out right and so mm-hmm. when people send it back I'm like oh interesting so you like a lot <laughs> of son of a bitch this fly is going to it's going to be a great episode <laughs> rangers you're going to love it um so there's I don't know a lot I know you like I'm a dork for Philip K Dick Bukowski and Herzog mhm and uh first of all, I don't know who Herzog is. Werner Herzog. Werner Herzog. Yes, uh, the uh he's almost he's a become film person? Y- yes, he's a German director who's <laughs> almost become sort of like a a go-to joke when talking about film snobbery. Um I like, know his full name, but I I've never heard the the last name. I I was thinking of a comic named Seth Herzog. Oh no, no. Uh yeah, well, to put it this way, like Dennis Miller often referenced him and Fitzcarraldo. Uh so it's been kind of like a uh, just like a, a it's the a, smarty magoo uh, yeah, reference thing. yeah yeah got totally. it got it um yeah herzog is a german director and uh he's been making films for many years and uh from from the 70s on. okay and, and and uh there's just it's like a real deep hole to fall into and he has uh all, almost all of his stuff is available now on blu-ray mm-hmm. uh these really great uh copies uh from shop factory they have a box set you can get that real easy and and just become an instant herzog nerd if you want and why uh, well, uh, what's great? What um, I, I mean, I understand that visual. From what I've t- been able to tell from the comedy about yeah. him, uh, visually, it's uh, stunning. Is it, that true? Well, he <laughs> he has really thrown himself into his work. Like for Fitzcarraldo, it is about a guy who dragged a. Uh, that's his biggest movie, probably. It's about a guy who needs to drag a boat over a mountain, like a big ship over a over a mountain, for, to get it from one river into another. He's because got the a rivers portage, do not a meet. Giant ship. Yeah, and so to. To do this, Herzog actually did it. He actually got a boat from one river over a mountain in South America into another river. Okay. And, and, and people got hurt. Uh, it took right. him years. It almost didn't get finished. And, uh, it's an amazing thing. He's like, a method director? Yeah. And it's just <laughs> basically like I have not only seen this film a number of times, 
I have seen the documentary he made about it called Burden of Dreams, and I have read his journals um, called Conquest of the Useless. What year was that? Did he make that? What's it called? Fitzcarraldo? Oh, you know, uh, that one was one of his from the 70s. Okay. And, and, you know, I don't know the exact years. And here's here's the other thing. I tend to Decades binge. fine. Yeah, I tend to binge. And so I will conflate things and... You know, put put a wrong year. Someone on. will email me. It'll be fine. Yeah, Don't yeah, worry yeah about totally. It. Yeah, Jackie I mean, I'm sure. Uh, do you think people want out. to correct you on the internet? Really? Um, well, uh, yeah. It's it's and the, and I know I know for a, a fact that there's at least three people out there who are giant <laughs> film yeah, nerds who are like screaming yeah. at me right now, screaming no things, the, the, the name into their headphones as they know on things. the treadmill. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, and you know that's I think the thing that got me. And to him, and that's kind of the entry point for, for a lot of people with that. Um, and you know, because who's it, in it? Well, that's the other point I was about to bring up. Klaus Kinski. Klaus Kinski, the, the Never German heard of actor. Klaus Kinski. Who's and, Klaus? Well, Santa he's, Claus? He's a, Santa Claus Kinski. <laughs> he's maybe the, the opposite of Santa Claus. Uh, he is one of the most enigmatic actors of all time. Okay. Um, and, and one, one of the most l- untruth filled memoirs ever written called I Kinski. Uh, it's just all lies, and it's fantastic. Uh, and, does, and did did he? Does everyone know that they're lies, or was he? Did, oh, I, he I, just think, a pathological I think you know. He liar. describes the cockroaches in his house as the size of baby turtles. It's it's fantastic. Um, but but yeah, it's just it's it's kind of ridiculous. Okay, well now I might have to back up a little bit. Do whatever you uh, need Herzog, to do. Um, Grew up, uh, he was a, a tiny child, uh, when Germany was getting bombed in the war, in World War II. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, one, one day that the house got bombed, uh, there's broken glass all over him as a child in the crib, and his mom said, we're out. And they moved, uh, out to rural Germany, right on the Swiss border, uh, in, in like a cabin, you know, and he lived, he kind of grew up out there with no contact with the outside world. Um, when the war was over, they moved back into the city. Uh, she tried to find a job. And, uh, you know, so it was Herzog, his mother and his brother all in one room of a boarding house. Um, no father. Uh, no. And, uh, I can't remember what happened to him. Uh, but, uh, German guy during the war. Yeah. yeah. He might've been in the war. Yeah. Yeah. He, he <laughs> either died or split. I'm not yeah. sure. But uh, anyway, it's probably a good excuse for anyone to want to split. It's like, Oh, I, sorry. I died in the war. I yeah. can't, I can't be here to Nazis. raise you. I either yeah. got to go join them or run. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so. Um, so, uh, Klaus Kinski was actually living in the attic, sleeping on a bed of leaves, uh, in, in, in that same boarding house. According and, to his memoirs. A bed well, of leaves. Well, that's according to, to Herzog's <laughs> memoirs. Uh, and, uh, I, Her, Herzog became fascinated with Kinski at that point, uh, because Kinski had temper tantrums. Uh, he locked himself in a bathroom for three days, uh, having a, uh, a, an incredible tantrum. And, and when he came out, when he finally like passed out and they went in there, uh, Herzog said the entire room had been smashed so thoroughly you could sift the toilet through a tennis racket. And, right. uh, and, uh, at the time, like there was no industry left in Germany, but there was a lot of theater because they had to entertain the foreign troops that were there. Uh, and that's what Kinski was doing. And he became a, a well-known actor. Uh, people loved watching him and, uh, they ended up working together and they had this tumultuous relationship. Uh, over the years. In uh, Fitzcarraldo, actually, it was originally supposed to be for, uh, Mick Jagger and Jason Robards. And they were filming it for, like, a couple of years. And, uh, you know, and then Jason Robards had a heart attack and could not finish it. And then Mick Jagger had to go on a tour, couldn't finish it. So that's when, uh. So they were only willing to commit two years? Bastards. I think huh? something like Come that. On. Yeah. It was, They're it was like, it, no, yeah. it turns out I can't <laughs> put my life on hold forever. So, uh, so did, so Herzog, Kinski? Herzog calls up Kinski and says, come save me and yeah. come, come do this thing. And Kinski agrees to do it. If, you know, if, if Herzog will make his 600 page script into a film, which did not happen. Um, but what? Uh, they, a Hollywood lie. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Oh. So, uh, that was, that was this weird thing where they were like, own, had his own epic thing to make and, and oh, be irritating. About. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and on this, you know, on the set, like things are going so poorly that, you know, uh, did he play the captain? Who did he play in the, <laughs> it's, it's a very complicated story, but, uh, one of the things like the extras who were, who were, uh, South American uh, native people, uh, offered to kill Kinski and bury him in the jungle where no one would ever find him, uh, because they all, he was uh, that hard to work with. Yes. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> You know, because Kinski would have these uh, kind of classic tam- temper tantrums on the thing, which Herzog would just watch. And 
everyone was kind of wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just let him let him go. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was there's this to really get there's a there's a whole other documentary about their relationship that Herzog made called My Best Fiend. Uh, and you can just see like all the times they worked together. They made this other beautiful film called Aguirre, the Wrath of God. Uh, that was just amazing. They also made Cobra Verde, but uh, Aguirre, the Wrath of God is, is a beautiful film. And on the commentary track to that, that you really hear like Herzog has beautiful commentary tracks. Uh, and, and on the, the, uh, the commentary track to that one, he, he, you really get, it, it's, it's made, it's recorded after Kinski has died and you can hear his wistfulness. And his, and how much he misses his friend. And, uh, you know, he'll, he'll just t- talk about things like there's a scene where, where Kinski, uh, picks a monkey up off a raft and, and throws it, uh, across the river. And, and uh, you know, Kinski, well, it's like very sadly states that there's a pause. And then he says, uh, no one could throw a monkey like Kinski. <laughs> and, and it's just, you know, so even monkeys can swim, yeah, right? So, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, most of the monkeys just swim off the raft, but that's what happens. Right. They, they, whatever. There's a lot of problems with like you just, know, just uh, for the listener who might be like, oh, "What the fuck happened to the monkey?" Yeah, yeah. The monkeys can swim. Don't worry about it. It's not yeah, turkeys. You can, you can throw a monkey in the, the river. Sky. It's fine. It's all right. Uh, it's, it's like it's throwing a kid worse. into the water. It's seem worth. Yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll swim or they won't. Um, <laughs> but even when, with Herzog's earlier. Um, more slower films like even Dwarf started small, which is made entirely of little people on a penal colony. Uh, it's, you can't really tell what's going on, but if you turn on the commentary track, it turns into a comedy. Uh, it's, uh, so yeah. So you can't tell what the movie's about unless there's a commentary track. It helps. It helps because there's another movie like, like Hearts of Glass where he, like, where everyone in the film except for one actor is hypnotized. And, uh, and, and, uh, he, so on the commentary track, he will tell, you what suggestion he gave the actor before the scene started. Like, uh, you know, he would, he would hypnotize it, an actor and say things like, you are holding a winning hand in poker and then just let them go. And they would have to do their lines and they would have this kind of weird. Did he do a lot of drugs? No, no, he's just a very strange man. He was just a very strange man that people were like this. We want to see what is inside this guy's brain. So we're willing to fund. Yeah. A dozen movies. There's, there's two other books, uh, one called Herzog on Herzog, which is all interviews. And then there's a, is an updated version of it called, uh, 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 Werner Herzog, a guy for the perplexed. And, uh, these <laughs> ones are just like, you can get like almost all my theories on art and creativity come from these interviews. Uh, just where I decided it was kind of like a wake up moment for me where I realized, oh, I can, I should be creating my own imagery. I should be like not limiting myself to a category where I should, you know, if I need to write, like I've written four books of poems, two self-help books and a transgressive science fiction time travel novel. And, and this is all black hole. Get out there and get lucky sinister's black hole. You guys, I could not have done, I could not have written what became black hole without, uh, without Herzog's theories on art. And, And which, which are that you should create your own art. No, it has well, to be more than that. Sorry. It gets really deep. And, but it's, it's mostly on this thing of like, you know, you need to create your own sense of imagery. Like, because, you know. What like, does that mean? Uh, well, just not to rely not on. Not to be derivative at all? Well, as much as possible, you need to create your own metaphorical templates, right? That you need to, to evoke, uh, meaning and, and comparison, uh, with your own set of experiences and not rely on well it's 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 so you, it, co- you come from some everyone comes from something and it's fine to be aware of that but right. then the, the next step is to let go of that and create your own thing well there's if you look at like standard like like just a film or, or a television or whatever there's like a lot of things that mean something that like we get we, there's kind of a consistent set of, of symbolism and, sure. you know and and Herzog kind of creates his own and uh and is referring possibly maybe to his only as other films and not to other people's like what, what the river shows you in like when, when Herzog shows a river, it's, it's a reference to other rivers in his films and not to rivers in other parts of art arts, like not rivers in, 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 you know, sometimes a river is just a river. What is it? What does he mean? Well, Herzog has, has a, a strong sense that, uh, that humanity is not working in accordance with nature, but Rather that like, you know, against it, that, that, that nature is okay. trying to destroy us. And, yeah. uh, you know, that, um, I, I know at one point he, he said that like, you know, uh, civilization is a, is a thin sheet of ice over a, a, a black bubbling ocean of chaos, okay. you know? And, and, yeah, yeah. and, and so a lot of times, like when people try to assert dominance in nature, nature destroys them. Okay. And, and that kind of happens throughout his films. So you'll see 
you know, and, and a lot of times it, it happens with these rivers with the Amazon most most of the time. It, it the Amazon River appears in several of his films. He's, and, okay, and, and it's almost like a character rather than like having uh like uh, like he's a, not doing anything with the with, Rhone. Well, yeah, not <laughs> rather than having like a, like a a, a a kind of a standard sense of morality of what good and evil is, and and you know the good guy and the bad guy. He he has this river that's trying to drown people basically, and and and, and trying okay. to, to, to to so the people know. are not the main story. The people not are, always right. So the the essentially the world is is the story, I, it, and it's how the people it, try to either shove a square peg into a round <laughs> hole or how they work with it, or no. Yeah, that would apply to some of it. Yeah, sure, 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 sure. Well, well, why, why funny? Why, why, why have I, why have I created uh, um, laughter? Tiny, tiniest of all <laughs> laughter in buckets. I'm like just trying to explain these films to someone who hasn't seen them. It's just it, and it now never, it and me. never will, yeah, never yeah. will. By the way, I'm so sorry, but <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure it'll, they're very oh, lovely. Yeah, yeah, but. Yeah. Uh, but I, but I am interested in, in why, you know, because I mean, so he, he has a, he has a um, need to create this art, right? Uh, uh, why I like them or why Herzog does it? Uh, well, both, both of those are valid questions. Why did Herzog do it? I assume he did it because he had to do them. Cause the, why do we, why does anybody do anything? Oh, I, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, it, Herzog kind of grew up in, in such a, a weird time and place. He went from living in a, in a cabin and seeing no one but a few relatives to living in post-war Germany where it was just all rubble and, mm-hmm. and you know, w- with this insane man living upstairs, you know, <laughs> and, and like, so his whole sense of the world is, is uncommon to most people. Except for the other people who grew up at that same time, right? So what he got out of it <laughs> yes. was amazing, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I I think that he, he sounds incredibly unique. And, yes, and yes. It's always interesting to me to find out, like, a guy like that, who said, oh, that Kukasaurus Rex, let's give him a hundred grand and let him make a movie. Oh, well, he usually made – started from very small budgets. Sure. And, and, and worked his way <laughs> up. And, to, and right? uh, you know, like, even now that he's more well-known, his movies are, are – are still strange. He's still alive? Oh yeah, he's still okay. making things. He makes uh, fantastic films. What okay. did he? What was the last one he made? The one you probably know of is uh, not is, Fitz. Carrano no, no. Or... The one you probably have heard of is Grizzly Man. Oh, that thing with the... with Timothy Treadwell who goes off to the hang out with bears and the bears eat him. Oh, it's like a documentary. Yeah, and then he Herzog's documentaries are, are fantastic as well. Well, he took all the guy's footage. Oh, okay. And and remade it into a film, basically. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And that actually, that's probably the most accessible thing he's done, and and probably the one that that captures his his worldview and a sense of humor. And, right. Uh, you know, and, I love that he has a sense of humor. If you if you see if you see a Herzog film in the theater, there are certain times where everybody starts laughing. Yeah. And and, and you see this the Herzog fans because you know at some point he's got to put in his two cents about how nature is trying to destroy humanity, okay. and, and it's just kind of funny when it shows up. And 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 and, and like, like it, 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 is it's he a, on the side of humanity or is he on the side of nature? He, he's on no one's side. He's just that's just his opinion about like oh it's us against them. It's not like it should happen, but it's like that's what's going to happen. It's not like. The idea that you can commune with nature in a peaceful way, he thinks is ridiculous. Okay. And, and people keep trying it and they always die. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you try to hug a grizzly bear, you will get eaten. Yeah. 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 Okay. That was his thing. He's like, man, I should have seen it coming. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think everyone did, except for the one guy who was like, yeah. no. Yeah. And uh, what's yeah. her name who lived with gorillas? She lived. That was weird. Yeah. Um, remember that lady who lived with gorillas? Jane Goodall. That's it. Jane sure. Goodall. And, uh, <laughs> What's I, got, name? I, I, I got names yeah. in my head. They're, they're not accessible, <laughs> but, uh, I got them. So, so he's got what dozens of movies that, oh yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and when did, when did Klaus Kinski die? Oh God. Uh, Recently? 80s? In the eighties. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, is Werner Herzog old? He's yeah, gotta be, yeah, right? Yeah, if he, yeah, if he was totally. Yeah, he yeah. was born in yeah. forty. No, he, he's like, and, but he's and since then he's moved on to other kind of iconic actors that that just have very striking features that are uh, that stand out, like uh, Willem Dafoe, uh, Michael Shannon, Nicolas Cage, uh, all these people that he's worked with. Uh, okay, do you see Bad Lieutenant Two, Port of Call, New Orleans? Wait, wait say that slower. Bad Lieutenant Two. Bad Port Lieutenant of, Two. Yeah, he made a sequel to Bad Lieutenant. Uh, and, Who made Bad Lieutenant? Abel Ferrara. Okay. Another great commentary director <laughs> who did King of New York. Okay. You remember him? No. I played yeah. a board game called King of New York. Nobody oh, yeah. wants to, nobody yeah, yeah. Wants to know King, about that. King of New York is an amazing film. Okay. Christopher Walken, his best role. 
Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. It is it, Herzog is, is. I don't know. He told me that like I didn't have to worry about you know my own childhood leaking into my work. That I could you know that if it it wasn't a point whether or not that my work would be relatable uh, that I could just create without that concern. Okay. And and, and you know I. I had an an odd an odd life, right? Uh, you know, my uh, I grew up in fundamentalist America, and then uh, because that wasn't intense enough for us, uh, my family joined a cult in eighty four mm-hmm. and stayed in until like eighty six. Where's fundamentalist America specifically in in? Because <laughs> uh, it's everywhere. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it's it's kind you, of a, you grew up in a very fundamentalist uh, yeah, it's, place, but what state and city? But uh, it, it was it was in Arkansas, and that, that's okay. Enough. But, uh, That's yeah, funny. yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's even within that, like we kind of lived within a bubble. It's like a, it's an, what it's cult a, did you join? Oh, I can't, I can't mention her name. Uh, Moonies? My brother was in the Moonies. We kidnapped no, him and programmed him. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's pretty much what you have to do. Yeah. yeah. No, we, we worked alongside them. Mormons? And then, My brother no, hates no. the Mormons. <laughs> I was like, look really, yeah. <laughs> don't name I don't, the, don't I, name I, I don't wanna... various religions until I get the one right. Yeah, yeah. Cause yeah. you're yeah. like, that's not a cult. Those people are right. <laughs> you're like, are they? No, I, I, you know, they're, they're kind of retaliatory. Uh, I don't want to start a fight. I don't want to pick a fight that, that should be over. Okay. Uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, I came out of that and, and I realized that like, you know, everything I kind of knew about the world was a lie. And, and you know, I, I, I just started getting loaded at that time. I started drinking and using basically the, right. Right. To, right find, that. to find that truth or to well, just, bury just bury the, bury the lies. It, it just calmed me down. It made me not care. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. No. And just shut all that off. And, uh, you know, I, so, you know, I was like, you know, what, what, so when did you discover Herzog? After the, while the drinking was happening or after oh, oh, sobriety? Oh, oh, sure, sure, sure. Uh, you know, it was kind of early on. I just kind of got deep into, uh, when you got out of the, the cult, nerdery. did you, you got into film essentially or just started, is uh, that what you, you kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I got into all things that were weird, artistic, uh, whatever. Uh, I mean, I was, like, you were you looking, know, you were looking for uh, something. Oh, oh right? yeah. Just like, you know, like it was just like, you know, like it was meaning like Lewis, or lack of meaning. Well, it was like Lewis Carroll's. It was like Lewis Carroll's uh, rabbit hole. You know, you get to like, like, like arts in the time with like, with like this secret, you know, you moved to San Francisco and, and found this world of transgressive art and performance art. Was that and, the eighties or nineties? Or, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was like, like I moved to LA first 88. Uh, I spent almost the whole time I spent about uh, the year that was here. Uh, probably spent about like 150 of those days on cocaine and mm-hmm. did a couple, maybe about a hundred hits of acid. And, uh, so I don't really remember a whole <laughs> a lot of being here. <laughs> and, uh, then I kind of, uh, moved, I moved up to San Francisco in 89 and, uh, you know, just started pursuing poetics. Okay. Right. Art. Cause you were doing poems and you were doing poems. Yeah. 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 And, you know, I was always afraid, like, you know, well, can I write about my childhood? Can I, Right, because it doesn't make any sense to someone. Because other people, like you know, were like going to a prom or whatever, and I was, you know, I, I was in in a metropolitan area, like like evangelizing at a, at a subway stop. Right, like that's that's my reality, and yeah. I can't. It's hard for me to like. What, do I mention that? But, do I? But that's but that's the best stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's gets. I mean, yeah. And I think we learned that from Richard Pryor. You know. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. It was. I didn't. I never listened to Richard Pryor or any comedy when I was a kid, but um, I knew going in that it had to be a unique experience. Oh, yeah, whatever you sure. were going to do, for sure. Yeah. So, so you started. I mean, it, it from from the list. It's it's like Bukowski. Yeah. He's a guy who just took a bunch of acid and then uh, no. wanted to talk about the big questions. Wasn't that no, that no, guy? No, 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 who was, no. Who am I thinking of? If it isn't Bukowski, who was the the? Uh, Maybe Timothy. Leary. <laughs> I think of all of those guys. Who's the on the road guy? Kerouac. Yeah, all of those. All yeah. of those beat guys. Isn't he a beat guy or no? Is because no, he's, he's not. not a beat he's, guy? he's of the, the same time, but not of that crowd. Okay. Uh, he is the one. Like his poetry from 1960 to 1972, uh, I think is the richest library of American poetics. Uh, it, it it really um, uh, he really kind of liberated. The American poets from form, mm-hmm. uh, and 
Uh, like even the beats were very much in a form. Like we really like Ginsburg stuff. It, it's very strict in structure. Yeah, it's, it's and, pretty and, structured. Yeah. And, and because he was just like, well, you can pretty much write like you talk. And this was like, he did the kind of poetry, what Lenny Bruce kind of did in comedy where it was just like, you know, he wasn't, you know, where, cause kind of before Lenny Bruce came along, a lot of people were just kind of like one liners setups and punchlines. And Lenny Bruce kind of started telling more stories like this kind of long form stuff. That's kind of the same. And it's analogous to what like, like Bukowski did where he's just like, well, you can use your own language. You can, you know, you don't have to be, it's defined not, by structure, but it's and, not prose. It's still right. It's right. still poetry. And, yeah, and that's what people argued. It's just like for a long time, it's just prose and line breaks. What is this? And it and it's not. But it's it's just a different kind of poetry. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then uh, yeah, so that one was like you know I I saw that he wrote a book uh, called Ham on Rye, which was uh, you know I read that when I was nineteen, and it was about a guy's horrible childhood. You know, where he was just he was disfigured by by these strange boils on his face uh, and his dad beat him constantly with like a razor strap. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it was really, um, it was really horrible. And, and then the book ends and I mean, it's not like his problems are solved. It's just like, I just got to leave the house. Like, and, 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 and I was the first time I, I knew you could, I didn't know you could write about such horrible things. I didn't even know it was okay to say them, you know? And that's where it kind of like, it was one of the things where it was like, oh, I, I guess I can say these things, and, yeah. I, and I can I can say these things that m- maybe I, I I feel ashamed of, like maybe right, I can, you I can, freeze I can, you. Yes, yes, totally. And you know, like you know, I was super into the punk scene at the time, but but this just went a level deeper. This this went into like more of the psychology. It was just like like the punk was always like the the world is a mess, the world's fucked up. But then this would um this was like here's what I think about it. And it's like yeah, a deeper level. Isn't punk. And again, once we get into music, yeah, we yeah. again, leave Jackie in the dust. Yeah. But to my knowledge, <laughs> feel free to correct me. Everyone does. Um, is that it was more sociopolitical and it, oh, this sure. stuff was more personal, right? You know, right. shining it's, a light on horrible things that happen in their lives, whether yeah. it's Herzog or, or Bukowski. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and then once you shine a light on something, as yeah. we all know now, 40 years later, it doesn't fucking matter. Sure. I mean, just sure. talk about I, it. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, the, the first, the song that really lit me up, you know, I, I just liked all the punk stuff just cause the energy, but then, you know, I heard minor threat song filler, uh, which is what, something what, like, say that slower. Minor threat. Minor threat they, is they, the band. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. This is like one of the big bands. Like this is one, like just get, just, yeah, just yeah, buy that minor album. Threat. What's, yeah, yeah. what's the name of the album <laughs> or I, the name of the song? The song itself is a filler. There's one where it was just, uh, uh, the lyrics was something like, your brain is clay. What's going on? You picked up a Bible and now you're gone. It's in your head. It's in your head. It's in your head filler. You call it religion. You're full of shit. Mm-hmm. And I heard that and I was like, Oh, someone knows what I've been through. This right. is exactly like the last, like, you know, like years of my life. Like I, I wow. And, mm-hmm. and I just like, and it's like lit just one of those kind of hair on end kind of yeah, yeah. moments where you're like, Oh, I need to find out about everything. That guy, who is that guy? Who is this guy? Who knows What's the all truth? His stuff? Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, yeah, you know, and who else does he like? What does he do? There's this whole scene of these people that there's a whole group of them. They all think this way. Maybe I can go hang out with them for a while. Yeah. Um, and, uh, <laughs> kind of around that same time, Andy Warhol died, uh, which, uh, I had to go to the library to kind of more find out who he was because we had no internet in mm-hmm. 1987. Sure. And, uh, but I was, you know, Real close to this university library, so I'm pulling out this old Time magazines and stuff, and you know, looking Microfiche. all that stuff up. Let's yeah, do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, They have those big bound editions of yeah, like yeah. the big hardcover bound editions of like Life magazine from like you know 1977 and stuff like that. Yep. And, and reading all those, and uh, I found out, oh, there's this this guy, and, and you know, your whole life could be art. Your whole life, you know, you're gonna like all these people just moved to New York City, uh, got a funny new name, and and were someone else. And that was like my way out. You know, this is, this is my way out of, of being me. This is why, this is how I don't have to be me anymore. I don't have to be this guy that I, I can't stand. I, I can't, you know. Oh, I, interesting. Yeah, 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 totally. So I, you know, uh, you know, that, that was like, that's the whole thing. And I still have my, my funny name and that's why. And that's, you know. Cause but, that, that, this is the name that you changed it to from, you know, Jim yes. Earl or whatever the fuck <laughs> it is, right? 
I don't know. I'm not Jim Earl. Jim Earl. I'm neither Jim Earl nor Barry Lank. Right. I don't know where like that a, name came from. Jim Earl's a na- a real guy. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a, a comic. comic. Yeah, yeah. Lankin Earl. Yeah. Yeah, yeah sure. Weird. Yeah, uh, yeah. My brain has uh, its own pathways, it turns out. I do um, know Jim Earl. So yeah. you don't you don't have to, Right. Uh <laughs> the, the idea that you don't have to be yourself is sort of a situation yeah. where where we create this where whole you grow up thing. You know, and, you know. So when, when I when I get to San Francisco, I, I mean, that's exactly what I find. You know, and it's like you know, it, it was. It was and you're guy, in your twenties at this point, or you're in your thirties. I, I turned twenty when I got to right, right around the time I got to uh, San Francisco. Going to San Francisco, you were yeah. twenty. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And 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 you know, there was all these. There was like these. And you're immersed. Poets now. and artists and all the punks. They all like were using weird names. And it was just like we were all someone else. And it was like – it was exactly what I thought. Like, needed. <laughs> I really conflated like all of the Warhol factory stuff with punk and I thought it was all the same. And to me it was and, – and I was really kind of surprised at like, you know, that a lot of the punk people I found did not care about like art or film or anything else because to me it was all the same thing. Uh, I did find like a, this crew of performance arts. There was this night called Club Substitute in, 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 in San Francisco that was very formative on me and, and – uh there was a guy there who went by Diet Popstitute, mm-hmm. and uh, he he really was like, you know, you need to like have fun with this, like because mm-hmm. I was writing stuff, but it was all dark. He's like, you need to make sure that you know you don't write yourself into the ground. And Diet was sick; he, he was HIV positive, and he, and he eventually died of AIDS. And and, and everyone did in the eighties. Yeah, and, we were and, there. <laughs> yeah, it was, but you know, he's like. That was one of those things that, like, he had this whole crew of performance artists who were mostly ill, and and they're yeah. all just like, we're we're yeah. going down, and, and, and we're going yeah, down, we're happy. going down in feathers and glitter. Yes, and it was God am- bless them. It, it was amazing. I, yeah. I, you know, and so I. That's w- an example of how to live your damn life. Yeah, yeah, totally. And you know, I, I, I did. Uh, God, I think my first big uh, show in San Francisco was was opening for Doris Fish. Who, uh, uh, who since passed and, and, you know, but it was just all these crazy performance artists. And, and like I had to open for the pie man a number of time, which is a guy who like gets smashed in the face of pies <laughs> and, 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 uh, you know, and, and that's just good writing. Yeah. yeah just, I don't yeah, understand. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, and, you know, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, go and do my little heartfelt little poems. And then, you know, here comes Wanda the snake dancer. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I'm just not like what, what I do is like all these kind of performance art variety shows. I did one reading actually where it was like, I was like just turned 20. I wasn't even old enough to be in the club. I had to stand outside with the doorman until my name was called from the stage and uh, go run in and, and do my set. And uh, so I didn't – like I was 20 years old. So I was reading stuff I literally wrote as a teenager. I Like these sure. are teenage heartbreak poems mm-hmm. and I'm reading them and – Everyone's laughing and I'm just yep. like, fuck you guys. Like, I hate you. Right. And, and I'm going to keep reading these anyway. And I got off stage and, uh, this guy was like, that character you did was a self obsessed poet is really great. And I'm like, what? And he's like, I'll give you 50 bucks to come do that at, you know, at the DNA lounge. I'm like, okay. Yeah. I got, you know, I'm just like, what? what uh, all right. I kind of. Uh, but, I, I will sell my seventeen-year-old angst for fifty bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was, I was completely sincere, but they thought it was, it was so over the top. They thought I must be doing a character. Right. No one would be this sad and full of himself. Right. And uh, so then I, you know, went backstage, did a line of speed uh, with a couple of other artists, and then left the club. I was. Well, so, but the thing is, is so at the same time, you're discovering, you're like, you're, you're becoming more free of Bukowski and, oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah, Herzog yeah. and yeah. whatever, whoever else is, oh, sure. is, is Warhol and all these people are opening your yeah. mind. When did you decide that, I mean, that the, the glitter and feather person, yeah. uh, whose name I forget, died, died something, yeah. um, the, uh, where do, cause the thing is for me, is you have you can go as dark as you want to go, yeah. But you better be having fun, and there better oh, yeah. be some joy in it, right? Yeah. So How did you find that when you're reading all of these things that you're like, they're all revelations that you can go yeah. to those places, yeah. But yeah. you have to also get through those places so you don't kill yourself, right? Oh, oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, you know, how did that happen? Uh, well, it, it took a while. Uh, I think things were going pretty well until about ninety four, ninety five. And, uh, you know, I was having a great time, you know, it was like poetry was real hot. It was all over MTV. Uh, I did a couple gigs with Lollapalooza. That was sure. fun, you know, reading in the spoken word tent in, uh, 94, they had to, you know, everybody cared and everybody wanted spoken word stuff and, mm-hmm. and it was, and it was cool. 
And, uh, then I don't know. I just, everyone kind of immediately stopped giving a shit, like kind of all at the same time. And, uh, I, I got into a weird relationship and then that ended and I just started to bottom out. And, you know, and that was, there was no art really produced in that period. There was a few years there where I didn't really get anything done. Oh yeah. I had a, my first book came out in 95 and I thought this is going to fix all my problems. Like I, once I have a book out, like, like everyone's going to be, everyone's going to like me. They're going to turn it into a movie. I'm going to be hanging out with cool people. I'll be doing blow with <laughs> Johnny Winona at the Finally. Chateau Marmont. Yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah. You know, like everything's going to be cool. Like, you know, like, you know, Sean Penn and I will be friends and, uh, you know, like he'll, you know, interview me for interview magazine and, sure. and like everything will be good. And, uh, you know, like it'll, it'll be fine. Like, you know, I'll, I'll get to, you know, make movies with Quentin Tarantino and, and, and everything will be good. Like I, I'll, like I'll like who I am after that. I'll enjoy being so, myself. So from eighty nine to ninety four, you didn't like who you were, and you mm-hmm. just wrote was, from your heart, I and was it was really, not funny. I was really trying to be this character I'd created, and, and it like, was sad and angsty, and just more I was and having more a lot of trouble, of and and you know my drug use is getting worse, and and, yeah, and yeah. it wasn't that wasn't helping anything, and sure. uh, you know I I had I did I have fourteen of my original teeth left, like like all my top ones <laughs> okay. are fake. You know, I'll, I'll, like, I don't have any, my top teeth are gone. Like that's, you know, and like, I did a lot of drugs and smoked a lot and drank a lot and now they're gone. Like mm-hmm. it's just what happens. And, and I, I did all that trying to escape, you know, who I was. And so I, I get to, uh, but you, know, you wallowed in it in your art and it was well yeah, received, yeah. right? Well, that's the thing. The book came out and nothing happened, nothing fixed. And actually no one gave a but shit. They kind of died on the show. And you got to yeah, work yeah. with these people. Oh, yeah, yeah, so totally. it was working to some extent, right? Yeah. For a while. Because yeah. You, I was always seeing this promise of like, this next thing's going to be, this next year is going to be better. This year I was a lot blue. Next year I'm going to be touring and ne- next year I'm going to be. No, I'm not talking about you living in a future that never happened or yeah. whatever, right? I'm talking about the actual art itself where you're getting these input from because. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can yeah, you can actually yeah. talk about yeah, these things, yeah. the horrible things that happened to you, right? Yeah, and yeah. it was well received enough for you to get work, right? Yeah, for yeah. five or six years. Yeah, yeah but yeah. it was never cheerful, shall yeah. we say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did I, it ever become cheerful? I, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Well, because I, I haven't seen your set in probably six years myself. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I I still like I'm I'm like yeah I, I started doing stand up like like uh, 2007 or so like mm-hmm. you know and I I did that just because well the poets would drive me nuts I couldn't stand being around them anymore <laughs> there's there's about half a dozen I still love dearly and then the rest of them really just can go fuck themselves I really like. You're making me crazy, and, and I did. I actually, what were they doing that were? Oh, it's just the, the poetry voice right now is really bad, and it's all this one note, and it's just oh, it's just horrible, and and they're referencing it. Gil Scott Heron's revolution will not be televised has been stolen so many times, no one can remember the source. Okay, it's just like disrespectful stuff like that that drives me insane. And you know, the, the people, like, frankly, like the poets are a bunch of wieners. Like I, I don't like you know, I, ugh, they just, they're they're not creating anything new. They're not they're not uh, and and they're yeah. coming from a kind of a whiny place. Is yeah, that what yeah, I'm and, and they're, it's, <laughs> they're just they're just taking like they're it, it's like they're as about as artistically revolutionary as like the Archies. Like it just okay. just sounds it's a real like pop stuff. I did a reading uh, at the Largo in 2006 or seven. Uh, okay. Greg Proops got me a gig at his variety show. He's like, why don't mm-hmm. you come read some poems down it? I'm like, all right. And uh, it was uh, it was like uh, Joe Walsh was the headliner doing okay. the acoustic set. And uh, it was like Drew Carey uh, on, on the bill and uh, Fee Waybill from the Tubes. And uh, Fiona Apple opened the show. Neat. And, and yeah. And I was like hanging out and I was like, I like these people so much better. And and. Like oh, because and, and so you were dipped I, in some stand up and some music and some yeah yeah yeah. And I was like, like oh, I can I can actually again you learn I, oh I don't have to hang out with these people just because they're sort of been my family for ten years yeah yeah. Okay. And I was like oh I don't like you can it's, keep it's, moving because I was I was having trouble like I was I was I got sober two thousand two so I've been sober for about four or five years and I was like I don't I don't know if I like performing anymore I was like oh no I love performing I just hate poets and 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 right, uh, you just didn't like the people so you I've had joined the rest of America yes. <laughs> and hating poets um, but you like old poetry I do and there are still like poets I do read I've been reading uh, Reginald Dwayne Betts a lot lately like Ooh, a lot Dwayne, post- what Reginald Dwayne Betts he wrote a Reginald. book called Bastards of the Reagan Era and it's m- maybe the best book of american poetry written in the recent years and you know uh yeah okay uh, yeah. reginald say du- it one more time Dwayne. Dwayne. betts b-e-t-t-s all right 
Yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm writing know, that down. So yeah, I, I get read him. I so read uh, like, you know I drop another dozen names of poets I still like and read. It's just the kind of the poetry scene itself I didn't like hanging out in, and right. I was like, oh, I like these poets much better. I it, through a weird series of circumstances, Patton Oswalt like uh, uh, and I used to hang out at the same cafe in like '92 in Lower Haight. Oh and, right. And you know he would go there with like you know blanket patch would be there and stuff and and so I kind of. And then I got to know one of the, uh. Your introduction to stand-up comedy is very fancy, by the way, because those, those are, those are good introductions. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're just There's like, nothing wrong with, yeah, and it, with troops like, well, and yeah, Patton and, and, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Drew and, Carey and, oh, oh, I met the best ones first, basically. Yeah. And like, you know, before she was doing comedy, Marilyn Radscub used to come to my open mic in, in the mission, like, on a regular basis and she was like a student at the art institute and just doing with this weird stuff and we didn't even like uh, Marilyn Rice Cup was doing weird stand up comedy oh it was shocking. like poetry like yes. it was like she <laughs> yeah, was kind of poetry awesome. and just doing weird poems yeah. and they were funny and no one knew what they were and they, that's it was, awesome it was just so weird and creative and I just loved her loved watching everything and she was doing an open mic like at the time too she was running one and uh but there was all these people around then so I kind of got and I also like just being an alcoholic, I, I soon got to know the wait staff over at Cobbs. Uh, and, and I would go a lot. And I had one girlfriend too, who had been a, a former waitress at the other cafe way back in the day. So she was really into, uh, Jake Johansson, Dana Gould and, uh, uh Tom Kenny. Nice. And, and uh, those are like her comedy crushes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the first. Well, I know Matt Weinhold. What the fuck? Why yeah, yeah. is Matt Weinhold left out of every goddamn list? He's a genius. Anyway. But, but, uh, yeah, so the first stand up I went and saw at, at Cobbs was Dana Gould and it was like 92. So he's probably like, I don't know, 20, 28, 29, something like that at the time, you know, and just like, I'm like, Oh, this is my introduction to stand up comedy. And then I knew a handful of others. So I would go, I would go see like, you know, Patton and Blaine. I saw them one time open for like Rick Overton. And, and, the, it was just, and this is in the nineties or in the, this is the in the nineties, like about 95 or 96. I still okay. remember that Patton was doing riffing on the movie Twister that will date it. Right, right, <laughs> right, right. That should carbon date it. But I was like, but, I, I don't know. I just kind of liked, I started following him and, and like these other comics I kind of met around there. I liked there were little indie rock bands. And so I'd always been kind of watching comedy and really. And it, but I'm just like, ah, that's for so other people. So you left poetry and then you just sort of hung around trying to figure out what to do. Yeah, yeah. And you well, wrote a book and you, and you, yeah. And, and then you started doing stand up. I, I was doing, I did this, uh, this series of readings at the Hemlock Tavern and we recorded them all and I was trying to put together like a good poetry CD. And, uh, you know, my whole thing was I would read a poem and tell a story yeah. about it and then do another poem. And so I'd do like a 45 minute, Set and it would be like, well, it's like 25 minutes of poems and 20 minutes of stories. Right. And so we did like three of these and, uh, trying to pick out the best, like 45 minutes of poems or whatever. Yeah. And the guys who were recording it were like, uh, no offense, but the stories like are better. Yeah. The stories are better. <laughs> and so they, they took like that, that became this one CD called What Happens in Narnia Stays in Narnia. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and like, there's, there's the poem on there. There's a, like a seven minute poem on there that's made up completely of Courtney Love quotes. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, just like kind of more, that's where I was at the time. Like I, mm-hmm. I couldn't really, I couldn't write the horribly depressing poems at the time because I was sober and I was like, things were funny again. And, and, right. and, uh, <laughs> like I, I, yeah, so I was doing stuff like that. And then there's like my, I, I did write this one story on, it's like a 20 minute, it's like a, basically like my first stand up bit is like a 20 minute story, uh, called like a real life Adam Sandler. It's on mm-hmm. the, it's on the CD. And, uh, so then as I didn't know what else to do with it, I didn't have it written down. I didn't have it and it didn't fit with any poems. So I just told it one night and it just, and it killed. Yeah. And, uh, and I have a recording of that first, that first performance of it where it's like sometimes where it that, destroys. Where that's the, yes. Yeah. And so I was like, this uh-huh. has to be on there. So then we had this CD and we're like, I, I don't know what to do. I, I guess maybe I should start doing stand-up gigs and, and try to sell the CD because I've got like, I don't know if it's comedy. We're telling people it's it a comedy? comedy. Is it comedy? I think so. But it was, it's uh, funny. and what year was that? 2004? Or? Oh God, the, the thing came out in like, I, I, I think we recorded in 2005, but it came out in like 2006 or something. Okay. And, so, I mean, the thing is, is by 2006, everybody knows that stand-up can be so many different things. Oh, yeah. It can be storytelling. It's not 97, yeah, and yeah. people are trying to figure out what the fuck Janine Garofalo oh, is doing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's fine. But then I had the problem of, like, you know, I'll go to these places, and they're like, ah, oh, yeah, you can have, like, five minutes. 
Right. And I'm like, I don't, the, I, I have a 20, 20. minute. I need, I can I have 20? Can I start with 20? Can turns I start? out you cannot. Yeah. And so I, I had to learn and you know, you got to tighten it up. I, I tell you, it's, it's hard. Cause like it's all, all BS aside. Like I'm a good writer and, and I know I'm a good writer. I know I can go up anywhere with poems and, and you'd like it. You'd like my poetry reading. I, I know you would. And I think anyone would. And cause my poems are accessible and fun. And, uh, man, like being in my late thirties and Doing poor stand-up shows hurt. It was, it's hard. Yeah, that's the whole fucking thing, it's, Daffodil. It's, uh, yeah, sadly, it's, they have to put everybody up. So, I mean, I, oh, that's I, a quote, by the way, from well, Maria Bamford's act. You know, so I'm just one credit. Well, I think like at like, you know, 18, 19 reading it poems. Blows. Yeah. yeah. When I was 18, 19 reading poems, and I think anyone doing comedy is the same thing. You don't really understand how bad you are. And, no. and, uh, being, how, how could you? Yeah. And in my late thirties, I knew how bad I was. When I did a bad comedy, oh, I knew. You knew how bad you were. You knew how good you were because you had been doing it for at least 10 years, yeah. 15 years, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. And well, I just, I knew what good comedy was and, and, and I knew I wasn't doing it. And it, man, that was, that was a lot of ego bruising to, to, to get through. <laughs> yeah. And, and fair it's, enough. it's really like, that was really difficult because things were not working out like I wanted them to. And, uh, <laughs> Man, it, it, you know, luckily I, I stuck with it and, and, you know, I still have a lot of imposter syndrome, you know? I don't know if you know that term, imposter oh, syndrome. Yeah, where, Lori Kilmartin explained it to me. It's where yeah, you... Th- I feel th- like a fake. You don't feel time. like you deserve... No, yeah, exactly. Right. I, I, I think, like, you know, I'm going to be found out. They're going to find out I'm a fake. I, I constantly feel like I'm I'm a poet pretending to be a comic. Like, even when I'm doing... Even when I'm at a comedy club and I'm killing and it's crushing and it's like... Like, and, and no one knows, none of the other comics know that I've written a book. Like, I don't, like, they, the people don't know. They just think, I constantly think, oh, he, they think I'm a writer, like, trying to be up here with everyone else. Like, you know, I'm not really doing this. Like, well, that's because nobody does know anybody until they, until they do, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, but imposter syndrome, it's, you think that you don't deserve the success you have because you're not worthy of it? Well, that, that, you know, you feel like a fraud. Yeah, like I'm not, I'm not I was. I was raised exactly the opposite. Yeah. Uh, I deserve all of the accolades, and I can do whatever you put in front of <laughs> yeah. me. And yeah. uh, I, I'm probably not getting work that I should yeah. get because it'll be fine. I mean, but, I, you know, like I felt that way. Like you know, even in the punk scene, I'm not a real punk. I just, I just got here. I just found out about it. all these people have been in punk forever, and I, I just found out. I just found out about. It. I can't let them know. Sure. I don't want to be a poser. I don't want to be the thing. And, and you know, and it's just kind of followed me around, and it's, it's, it's. How that sounds exhausting. It is exhausting. And okay. it's and it's like something Cuz you're great, Buck. I mean, well, there's no reason you. not to No, it, it's, there's, but there's no I mean, I, there's also no reason that any sort of fucking rah-rahs from me is going to do anything I, for you, but yeah, you're going to do whatever you want. Well, that, that's, but what do you get out of it? Get what, do you, out of, what what do you get out of being like, "Hey, I'm not enough. I'm not enough. I'm not." Oh, enough. I I have to that's that's my obstacle I have to beat down to like get anything done. Like, you know, I, I have to like really, it's a, it's a created obstacle so that you, it's will do, some kind that of, that you'll work that makes you work. You're like, Oh, I guess nobody likes I, me and, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm a fake. So I should work harder. It's the bad voice you have to ignore. But it, but what does it do for you? What do you get out of it? Oh, it doesn't do anything good for me. Right, right, but you're getting something out of it. Otherwise you'd stop doing it. Like, uh, do you get attention out of, for out of it? performing or, or like out of, the- out, out of beating yourself up? Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. Like, look, that's what I, I try to avoid. I try to avoid to, to, like thinking that, but it's, but it is, it is the problem that I, that I've always had because, right. you know, I just don't, I mean, everybody's got some kind of emotional problem with performing. I no, think. I think everybody. And that, that's, that's my hurdle. I have to like, I but have does, to convince does it myself. Make you work harder or what, what does it? No, it, it only gets in my way. Does it get you sympathy from people? No, no, it, 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 gets, saying, it gets me nothing. It gets me nothing, but it, it, it keeps me from like, uh, working as hard. Like if I listen to it, like I, you know. Why do you keep it? It's, I, I I'm, no, I'm, I'm trying sh- to, I'm trying to eradicate it. I'm not, I don't like this. It's right, not, right. No, I'm, and I'm not, like, I'm, 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 I'm it sounds like a very simple it, question. To you're just like, well, you. Made, it's not. It's not easy or simple. I don't know. I don't know why I'm, I'm being a dick about it. But I was just. It's, no, it's, uh, but I'm always curious because I have. I have negative thoughts, and I have. Yeah. I have. I yeah. beat myself up, sure. and I think that I'm. I'm better than everybody, and I'm worse than everybody yeah. all the time. And when I think that I'm not as good as somebody, I always think, well, what am I? What's that doing for me? Does it mean that yeah. I don't have to try if I'm not look, good look. enough, or does it mean that I'm not? 
uh, or, or that someone, I can get someone to say, no, you are great. You should try harder. Yeah. Or is it a self-fulfilling prophecy that I'm like, well, maybe it'll make me jumpstart myself. So I'm completely oh, yeah, in my yeah. own head. Yeah. So don't, uh, don't, uh, <laughs> well, sorry. Here, I here's the thing. Like, like I, I have to know that like I can talk like, like I'm still like terrified to ask, like, you know, I, I, to ask any of these comics, I know for like a guest set. I've like never done it. I've never done it. I've never asked anyone for a guest set. Like, you know, and, and uh, how do you get up? Oh, well, I just, I like hang out at shows till they say, why don't you do this? Oh, and, interesting. And, but, but like, like, if, like when I was like hanging out in San Francisco, I'd go to the punchline and like when, you know, like Dana Gould's in town. Mm-hmm. And, and you just go hang out and instead of when you get there, just go, Hey, is anybody doing a guest set? Can I do one? You yeah, never say I, that. I'm, I'm terrified. I'm terrified to do that. Cause here's a guy I've known, like his guy who, you know, like, known him like, since 92. Yeah. 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 Like Dana, <laughs> like Dana, like he's not going to say yes. If he, if he yeah, doesn't want you to, like, will he? I, I don't know. Like I just don't, I don't want to look too asky. Uh, you know, and that's another well, that's, thing. It's I, another neglected child thing where it's just like, you know, you don't deserve. You're going to fit like, right in here in Los Angeles. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a Wes Anderson <laughs> kind of like, I, do, I make amazing art. You can like it. You can yeah. not like yeah. it, and, but and, I'm not going to make you like it. So don't worry about it. Yeah, you yeah. can ask me if you think yeah. it's great. No, it's, yeah, it's, it's good. It just, you know, because you have to care about your art. And so you create your art, right? Yeah. And so I don't know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't, all, all I know is how to do it for me. Yeah. So I don't, when I watch out how other people do it, it works. Yeah. Everybody, so, everybody works, Cation. There's no need to, to make somebody try to do it like I do it. But yeah. I send out avails every three months. Oh, okay. Uh, locally, nationally, internationally. Yeah, yeah. I have been turned down since 2005 for the Melbourne, Australia Comedy and Arts Festival. Oh, sure. Since 2005, I've sent them my avails. Nice. <laughs> They haven't even responded to the email for eight years. <laughs> every year I send the fucking email and every year they ignore me, but it's I'm like, probably just a banner oh, they put up on their website. Well, maybe, like Jackie, maybe one day. Well, I went in 2005 and yeah, they liked yeah, me yeah. and I'm like, well, maybe they'll have me. I mean, so, I mean, I, and I send like for Monday night shows here in Los Angeles, yeah. I send out Monday avails for Tuesday night shows. I send out Tuesday avails. And so. That's how I do it. I'm not saying that's how anybody else should fucking do it, but it's, it's weird. Yeah. Whatever, man. What, uh, you wanna, I'm so sorry to have brought us down to this rabbit hole. Let's talk about something you love instead, like Philip K. Dick. Oh, yeah. Okay. How much time do you have, by the way? We have about another 10 minutes. Oh, good. Uh, you know what? Like, I would love to, uh, actually, like, nerd out by my kettlebell. Lifting a little bit. I don't is even know right? what that is. Yeah. Okay. Well, I can. Yeah, yeah. What is like, that? I That's a... wore my team shirt here. Oh, you did. Like orange kettlebell club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oakland, yeah. California. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I compete in Russian kettlebell sport. And and, and Russian I comp- kettlebell. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I, you know, I'm going to miss. Unfortunately, I'm going to miss a lift in December. I got this little business trip to do, but I will be lifting in like one of the, uh, the like a, in it will be my first pro level lift. Uh, in, in February, and I've been training for that for a while. Congratulations. And, yeah, yeah. And, and it's great. And, and I mean, it's this other thing where it's like, it's been kind of helpful for me to like, you know, cause, you know, I want to tell the Russians I'm a lifter when I see them, you know, cause I'm not, I'm not a real lifter. I'm not a real athlete. They're like, you know, that, that's their thing. Like they're world champs. And, and then what I realized. What is kettlebell? Oh, you know what a kettlebell is? No. Like, oh, it's a weight. It's like a, it's obviously, it's, yeah, it's like cause a, you're lifting it. You're like must a be bowling a- ball with a handle. Oh, like a, you know that thing you sit on and bounce when you're a baby? Is it like like that? But it's heavy. <laughs> yes, it's like okay. that. But it's heavy. All right. But it's <laughs> it's a it's a giant round ball with a handle on it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And you lift it with two <laughs> with two hands or one. <laughs> Welcome to the dark forest, Bucky Sinister. There are buildings full of things I don't know, Bucky Sinister. Buildings. There are cities. I can't breathe. <laughs> What is it? No, I don't know what it is. It's a kettlebell sport from 1987 through 2007. Uh, okay, no. imagine. Imagine if you had like a like a 50 pound tea kettle. Okay. Get imagine two of them. Two of them. Yes, and you get one in each hand and you lift them over your head. How about that? So there's no bar. No, no bar. You have to there's, lift them separately. Those are those will be barbells. Bar, oh, hence the word. Yes. I get it. I can be taught. Yeah. yeah. Um, so kettlebell is um, like a tea kettle. 
yeah. I guess, in, in yeah. their in their heads. So, yeah. do, and you do you have to lift two at a time, or can you just lift one? I lift one at a time when I'm performing the snatch. Oh, the and snatch. Then, yeah, that sounds then, sturdy. But uh, what yes. is it? And then there's also jerks, oh, planes, and the rest position is called the rack. Okay. So there's like full of giggles. It's a giggle, and we all like laugh about. It. We always right. tell each other, "Nice rack and nice rack." Like that. And mm-hmm. Like your snatch, mm-hmm. snatch sure. looks real clean. That kind of thing. Like excellent. You know, what are what? Practicing what my is jerks the all snatch? The time. snatch? I'm keeping is, mine in my purse. Yeah, yeah anyway, it, that's uh, not a joke. Yeah, it's uh. <laughs> I, I don't even know how to explain it. Well, you would take the one tea kettle. Right. And, and one kettle, uh, one, one kettle between your legs and then put it right overhead. And then, okay. you know, just Oh, do and that. that's how you lift it? Yes. To sort of get some momentum? Yes. Got it. And how yeah. heavy are they? Uh, the ones I compete with are 53 pounds. 53 pounds. Yeah. And what are the heaviest that people pick? Uh, about, maybe about 70. Okay. And then there's a few freaks that go heavier, but okay. I really like that's considered the top bro weight is 70 pound bell. And what's the lightest that you can go? Uh, for competition, uh, competition, there's like a 12 kilogram, uh, women's event. And, and I don't like, what, what is that? Like 25 pounds or something? I don't, I don't really know. 26, 28 pounds. I'll never know. That. And so, yeah, but good. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah, you can, uh, whatever. So, so how do you train for that? You just do a, you do a bunch of lifting of I, different I, kettlebells. Snatching all day in my house. Uh, no, I just, uh, yeah, I lift almost every day. And, okay. Uh, yeah. And, and that's the thing. It's like when you go there, like it, it's, like, I know that, like, in, there's an event called the long cycle, which is a clean and a jerk. And I've gotten 39 reps in that. That's my personal record. Okay. And this February, I'll try to do better than that. Mm-hmm. And it's, I will either get more reps than that or I won't. Okay. And it's, is it a competition to see how many reps you can do to some extent? Yeah, they give you 10 okay. minutes and you can get as many reps as you can without putting the bells down. Got it. And, uh, that's the thing. It's like, sometimes it's hard to know, like, Am I doing better with comedy or not? Is this book better than the last one I wrote? Which book is right? which, Where's my best writing? Like okay. you never know. With the arts, it's so vague. You never know. And with this kind of it's athletics, it's like there's a number on it. Yeah. You can either lift more than you did last year or you can't. Mm-hmm. Like you're either getting stronger or you're getting worse. Like it's like you can but tell finally, there's a number. There's that a definitive. Tells you, yes. And it's so balancing for all the arts. And that's why I wanted to bring it up. And uh, I, I think everyone who's in some kind of art form as a career, mm-hmm. uh, you should have something else that's very uh, analog, pedantic. where it's just <laughs> yeah. like, like maybe it doesn't have to be sports. It can be like growing a garden. It's like, did this tomato plant grow or not? Right. Like, you know, it's like, does this like, you know, just something like where like there's a, def- a definite answer of like, oh, I'm getting better at this right. or this time I've, I, I've, I have I've success or failure. Yeah. Because you know that thing where you, you feel horrible during a set and everyone likes it. And everyone goes, great set. And you're like, it didn't feel great. Right. That was a weird but set. Was that, but I'm glad you had a good job. But was yeah. that better than the set you did the last week? <laughs> right. Where, you know, there's no way to know. Like, there's no way to know. And, and I think that's been the most bouncing thing for me. And also to cure the imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. To like work on that. It's like, no, you're a real lifter because you get out here and you compete. Mm-hmm. You get on the same platform as all the Russian lifters and you do the best you can. Is it a Russian sport? Yeah, it's okay. a Russian sport. And, uh, you know, it's like. How long the, have you been doing it? Oh, about five or six years. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of it started. I'm 47 now. I started, I think, at 41. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's been very good for that because, you know, I, they can look and, you know, there's a couple of them that kind of know me now and, and they say that, you know, oh, I can tell you've been training. Mm hmm. Uh, say so you look a lot better. I've lost a lot of weight doing mm-hmm. it. Okay. And, uh, you know, they just. How do you lose weight if you're just lifting? Oh, it's, it's, oh, it's just a, there's a huge cardio component to it. Oh, interesting. you're doing a lot of reps and, and it's a, your heart rate gets way up there. And also it changed the way I eat. Okay. Yeah. I, like your body starts craving different things. Okay. And, uh, you know, if you're getting a lot of exercise, your body will start moving towards things so, that fuel it. Because you're doing timed reps. Instead yeah, of yeah, just, um, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. That, 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 you'll sweat that out. Oh yeah. That sounds, yeah, that's, that does yeah. sound more cardio than, than other yeah. people that I know that lift yeah. are, they don't seem to be timed reps. So yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Well, it's like, yeah, we do things for, for a certain amount of minutes. Yeah. And if you, if you look at someone, like a lot of people can like, you know, they might bench press and their set will take like 10 seconds, 12 seconds. It's mm-hmm. like, well, try benching that for a minute straight. Right. And then just see what happens. Now try doing it for 10 minutes. Like what would you have yeah. to like do? And How do you, you have know, to change what you're doing? A yeah. lot of times, you know, we'll move towards like, uh, if I'm working with lighter 
weights. Like if I'm working with a 12 kilogram bell, I'll get like, I'll do a hundred snatches on my left side and about 125 on my right. And there'll be a lot of people who lift weights to say, Oh, you can't do a hundred reps of anything. Like mm-hmm. you're, you would just cramp up and well, you can, but you have to train for it. Right. 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 Cause it's but, a learned skill probably. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And there's a lot of it's technique and whatever else, but you know, it's like your muscles have to be conditioned to it. Did you um, find a place here in Los Angeles to do it now? I have not. I have not. not. Uh, there's a guy in so Manhattan Beach. There's another guy in Long Beach. Uh, there's a place in Costa Mesa, but and it's like, I'm, I, those I'm, are so far from everywhere yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to try hopefully this spring. To uh, convince one of the local gyms to let me have a little bit of space, yeah. where I can, you know, buy, you know, maybe a rack or two of bells, and uh, get an instructor in to, yeah. to help us, and uh, to kind of more or less start my own gym is what yeah. I have to do, or your and, own club for sure. Yeah, 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 totally. And it's like a gym within a gym, and mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of barbell gyms out there now. Olympic lifting is getting really popular. Uh, and, uh, it's very similar to that. The lifts are very similar. Okay. But, uh, the Olympic lifting is more how much weight can you lift once? Yeah. What's your maximum weight you can lift one time? And this is more like how many times can you lift this lighter weight? Yeah. Like in a 10 minute span. So. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of fascinating. Yeah. 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 So. And there's like, you know, a tons of YouTube clips of it. It's okay. a, it's a sport that's popular in another country. Yeah. Uh, this it's all not makes the Olympics it very, yet or? No. Okay. And, and it's, uh, it's one of those things that like, Appeals to a lot of the things that appeal to a lot of nerds about like something like anime or something. It's like, oh, here's an obscure thing most people don't know about that you have to go to a link to find out about. Yep. And it's really popular somewhere else in a different culture. Right, right. Know? Who doesn't love to get in on the ground floor of yeah, yeah, REM? Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. <laughs> or it's whatever. Like, I'm into this obscure thing you don't know about. You don't know about and, it. And that, that kind of appeals to the dark side of everyone. Sure, of everyone. Yeah. <laughs> just like, this, is a, this is a secret space too, the dark forest. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's getting more popular, but, yeah. but uh, I think the people who are in on the ground floor. Ken Baker, I'm talking to you, buddy. <laughs> so Star Wars? Ken uh, Baker? Ken Baker? He's a... He's R2-D2? A, no, no. Oh. Uh, just a guy who lives in Seattle. Oh, okay. <laughs> so he's, been, he's literally been listening to the Dork Forest yeah, since R2-D2. 2005, oh, okay. before I started doing it. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, Bucky Sinister, it has been one hour. Oh wow! So uh, Black Hole is your novel. The, please, please get that. And, that's a good. And, that's yeah, a good yeah. one. That's, Science fiction novel yeah, uh, by Bucky Sinister. Time travel Black and Hole. drugs. Excellent, and um, it's at Bucky Sinister on Instagram, and it's at Bucky underscore Sinister on Twitter. Yes, and go see your stand up and all your spoken word because what I have seen is always an enter- You're a delight. Oh, thank you. Thank so, you. So there uh, you go. Business every Monday night at oh, Little that's Joy. Right. That's right. And here in Los Angeles, every Monday night uh, at. It's called the business, uh, yeah. Little Joy Theater, and go find him there. And Rangers, uh, you know the rules out there. Take care of each other. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat, <laughs> my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh my God! Thank we you. why don't we just call that as the end of the show?